Success is elusive, but it doesn't have to be. This is Limitless Belief, a weekly podcast where we discover the principles of success by those who use them well. Be encouraged, be inspired, be limitless. Welcome, everyone, to the Limitless Belief Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Tolbert, and I'm excited to be with you all today. Uh, whether you're at home, in the car, or taking public transportation, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, this podcast is all about creating a community where people can come share, learn, and grow from the examples and stories of individuals who have overcome limiting or limited beliefs. <clears throat> That's why I'm so excited about our guest today. I believe he represents what we would love to see more of in the world, which is just basically people going for their dreams, people getting started, um, getting started in spite of everything not being perfect. And our guest, Mr. Alan K. Bell, is the first African-American growth and development director at Northwestern Mutual. He's tasked with attracting, selecting, developing, and retaining a team of diverse financial professionals, something that is badly needed, not only in the city of Chicago, but also throughout our country. You know, I, do, I truly believe that people do business with other people that they can relate to, right? People that they feel like they can trust. You know, just imagine more people being able to get insurance or more people getting insurance as a result of just being able to have someone that's relatable, that can understand their story and speak to their needs, right? More people getting more preventative checkups and things of that nature because there's a, there's a doctor there that understands that person and can speak their language. And I feel like those are some of the things that Mr. Bell is doing. He's also a financial advisor at Northwestern Mutual a wealth management company in Chicago. And the first time I became aware of Mr. Bell uh, through a mutual friend, he calls you the legend. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> so we have the legend on the call. And uh, I, just, I, I just gotta say, Mr. Bell, um, I really think that you're a great example of what we mean by limitless. Um, the things that you've been able to accomplish are amazing. And the work that you're doing in conjunction with Northwestern Mutual is admirable at, you know, at, at the least. Um, and helping young men and women discover their limitlessness through the example that you're setting and the opportunity your organization is providing is very special. So I just wanted to say that, and man, just so happy and thankful that you're with us today. Yes, I'm absolutely uh, appreciative, uh, Frederick, and blessed to be Sir. to be a part of what I believe to be something that is so very relevant and mm -hmm. so so um, needed right now. I mean, uh, as we spoke about before. Um, you know, I think you said, you know, when you were you know, 15, 20 years ago, you would have loved to have been able to hear something like this. And I, I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I wish when I was 19 years old, I could have, you know, dialed into something like this, where it's its main purpose is to um, is to just share and to serve and to give people, uh, offer people some perspective. So I'm excited yeah. about the opportunity to share and uh, just appreciate uh, you and your audience for uh, you for hosting and your audience for tuning in. I hope it's I hope it's helpful. Thank you, thank you so much. And I, I really believe it will be. And you know, one of the things I like to do in the beginning is uh, just take it all the way back, right? You know, sure. where did things begin for Alan Bell? You know, take me back to the beginning where your life journey began. Wow, you okay? All right, so, <laughs> so you went way back. So yeah, I thought we talked about the career, but yeah, I um, I think to your point about belief, um. You know, I was born in Evanston and uh, Evanston, Illinois, here okay. in the north. And uh, my father was um, one of the first black foremans uh, as a part of uh, Quaker Oats oh, wow. uh, organization. 
Okay. Um, this was back in 68, summer 68, baby. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, part of that, part of that um, success in his part, you know, uh, he was in the military, he served in the Korean War, um, you know, not formally college educated, but he just was a real good people person. So part of that, part of his success meant that uh, they were going to send him down to Jackson, Tennessee, Frederick, right, from Chicago. And I'm the, I'm the youngest of four children. And um, it was like 10 years between uh, my, the sister that's close to me and the next sibling who was my brother and then my sister. So 10 years. So you had teenagers who were like leaving the city of Chicago or Chicago-like going down to Jackson, Tennessee to the south. So they were not happy. Um, my, two, my sister and I, we were babies. So I was two. We went down there and uh, built a brick home for us and we were off to the races. But part of that, a story with regard to that is, um, you know, when Quaker went down there, it was about 10 leaders and the leader of that management team uh, reached out to the local chamber of commerce. And, and uh, you know, we're here, well, we're here to build, we wanna hire, we wanna set up shop in Jackson and, um, and be a resource to the community you know, hire and give them jobs and 401ks and so forth. And the, uh, the chamber, and he said, there's a part of that. We'd love to take the wives. You know, the chamber was like, great. We want to take all your wives out to lunch, except the black wives can't come. Oh man. <laughs> and so, you know, it's interesting. I learned that story through another, you know, another son, the son of another, uh, one of the other leaders that uh, was, was relocated to Jackson. He, he found me, Literally, 45 years later, he found me and realized that our fathers were two of the same in that same leadership team. And, that, you know, and, uh, and he shared that story with me. And um, the positive part of it was that the leader that took, us, took those men down there said, well, if the black wives can't come to lunch and none of us will. And um, it was a, it's, an awesome, it's an awesome story. So they, we, uh, uh, I spent my, all my childhood down there. Unfortunately, my, my folks split up. I came back up here up north and uh, high school, college, and ended up joining um, Motorola. I was an engineer at Motorola for like 17 years um, and uh, built a real estate company as an exit strategy from corporate. Um, married my high school sweetheart. That marriage didn't work out, unfortunately, although we have a beautiful little girl who's uh, going to be 24 in November. Uh, very successful and um, I was going to leave corporate America for uh, the experience in entrepreneurship built a real estate company bought a bought a piece of real estate um, uh, sold my home for cash after the divorce so, um, didn't know people could buy homes for cash but this woman came out and bought my home for cash money for their daughter and uh, I moved into a piece of real estate and uh, loved how it worked I was like okay let's do this thing this is how I leave corporate. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And um, then blessed with my third child, who, as you know, um, born with a disability and uh, had open heart surgery at five months. And back in 06, 05 is when he was born, there was no Affordable Care Act. And um, clearly I couldn't go into to be a, a full-fledged entrepreneur with no health insurance for the family. So that's how I found Northwestern. And, um, you know, that was 13 years ago, 14 years ago. We never looked back. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an amazing uh, journey uh, with, with a lot of ebbs and flows, ups and downs as, as it, as it should be, right. It's not, it's never a linear 
journey is always kind of, you know, ebbs and flows. Uh, but if we could just take it back just a little bit, you know, what were some of your um, earlier, early influences that began to kind of shape your character and beliefs that, you know, that is really coming to fruition a lot more, you know, today in the, in the role that you're in with Northwestern Mutual seems like that's a part of the fabric of, of Alan Bell. But what were some of those early influences that began to kind of shape your character and beliefs? Thank you. Yeah, you know what's interesting what age will do to you, Frederick, is you look back on your life and you realize that there were certain people in your life who didn't really appreciate the influence they had. And I've got to, you know, before they passed away, and I've got to say for the audience, for myself even, my own little self-therapy, my own man, my father was an absolute killer. I mean, he was an absolute killer influence on me. Um, so much respect for the man. You know, I, I feel like... Um, the things that I've learned through other people about him that he never would have said to me, uh, just have such a significant influence on me. Um, he's third degree black belt in judo. Um, you know, just a, just a very, very calm, very quiet, but very dangerous man. And he, I realized that back in Evanston, he had to get his um, hands registered. And I used to tell this story like it was, um, I used to tell the story like, uh, I was proud of the story, right? Like my, my father's hands were so dangerous, you know, he had to get him registered. Only to find out, only to be like upper 40s in my upper 40s, finally ran across some other people in the, in the arts and they were like, that was a racial thing. Okay. Hmm. Like, you know, people so. coming out of the military, you learned, a lot of people learned martial arts through the military back in that day and you came out. Um, it was only the black uh men who came out of the military, post-military, who had to register their hands. Oh, wow. I never knew that. I didn't either. That's Think about it. I spent my entire life bragging <laughs> on um, bragging on the fact that, that I, you know, my, one, of my, one of my family members had told me that. And um, um, uh, a gentleman who, who should know told me that that's, not, that's, that's certainly the case, but here's the reason behind that. Okay. So my old man, just a significant uh, influencer on me. Um, I didn't have a lot of mentorship in high school. Uh, okay. I was in Motorola. I ran into a couple of cats who were well positioned, who had um, done well uh, yeah. professionally, and they were reaching back. They were okay. reaching back. And um, Dwayne Gant was a guy. He's in Georgia right now. Uh, was very influential. Um, after I got divorced, he kept me in school and kept me on the right track. Um, I've got some mentors now that I've, I've met in the last 13, 14 years within uh, the Northwestern Mutual System uh, that have been very influential. As a young man, you know, what, what were some of your uh, dreams? You know, what, what did you dream about becoming when you when you became an adult? You know, did you have any uh, any specific things that you were thinking about envisioning for yourself when you became an adult that you wanted to become? Yeah, you know, mostly thank you for that. Yeah. I would say as, as a child, you know, I think I, I think back on as a, as children are so they're just they dream so big. Yeah. And I think I was somewhere between, you know, becoming an astronaut mm. and, uh, you know, an airline pilot, you know, a mm -hmm. fighter pilot. I think those are the things that I really gravitated towards. I was pretty good at sports. Okay. Um, I ran into one of my childhood buddies. Uh, at a reunion and he talked to me about how good I was. It's, you know, it's just so awesome to meet people who were older than you were at a time in your life yeah. that you have a tough time remembering. But uh, he poured into me and told me how awesome I was or how good I was or competitive I was at football. 
but you know, I'm, I'm five foot 11 and three quarters on a real good day. Right. Right. Uh, you know, about, you know, two ten. but I, I need, I could never play football professionally, but I think what I was really attracted to was I was a really good shooter. Okay. But it was something about being in the air, um, flying that fascinated me. And as I got older, the dreams got smaller, but, um, you know, I think now, um, I never really, really cared about being an engineer. I'm just a natural analytic think analytical thinker. Okay. And so you can apply that to lots of things. So I often wonder, I often wonder, um, had I had a little more, um, um, influence or more mentorship in high school what what things could have looked at but you know god is god is good and, and he shows up at the perfect time so i don't For sure i don't uh, i'm certainly appreciative of what we've been able to accomplish absolutely yeah definitely and um you know we're thankful that you took this path <laughs> you know a lot Thank more people a lot, lot more people being helped and um you know once we get offline i want to introduce you to someone else <laughs> you know so i'm thankful Thank for you and, and the path you're taking as well um the guy's name that i was thinking about was les brown Les, oh, okay. Les, I thought Les, you were gonna, yeah, Les Brown. I thought you, Les were Brown. About, I thought you might be talking about ET. When Les yeah, Brown oh, I like him too. I like how yeah. I like I like how ET says, "Man, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent." And uh, right, you know, I'm, I wish I could make a T-shirt. I, maybe I will. <laughs> but yeah, Les Les Brown. That's my yeah, guy. It's not over until I win. Les Brown. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right, right. I haven't. Yeah, he said, "If you if you judge me now, you judge me prematurely." Right, and that's something mm -hmm. I think about a lot. You know. <laughs> Love that's my it. that's my guy um but yeah you know it's funny that you you talk about um you know the uh the engineering degree i was going to actually get to that because you know most people i know when they go to school to college um they go for a very specific subject and skill set and when they get out of college they don't work in that field <laughs> but you it seems like you know you worked in that field directly out of college uh as a manager engineer project manager at motorola for 17 years you know what what was that experience like for you i guess from college going into you know transitioning to a professional life uh what was that journey like for you and um how did you ultimately you know land on engineering being the, the journey or the path you wanted to take I love it. Thank you. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just went down that technical path, engineering path, because people said that's where the money is. Yeah. Again, didn't really have a um, have a plan. Came out of high school, did average. Um, my father went to the military. My brother went to the military. You know, I'm surprised. I would have loved to have gone to the Air Force. That would have been something that would have been exciting for me. But just yeah. there was just no plan. Okay. There was no plan, and that was the thing that I wish I, you know, I think I wouldn't I would impress upon anybody listening that. You know, the plan won't be perfect, but at least right. if, having those conversations, that's what I really enjoy doing now, speaking with young people about just where their mind is and helping them dream beyond borders, yeah. uh, develop that strong belief, uh, which is why I really love what you're doing. Yes, sir. Um, but I, I went into Motorola. I, I, Frankly, my engineering degree came from ITT. That's the one that got that lost their uh, accreditation a couple of times. It wasn't like IIT, one of the top engineering schools in the country, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but the good part there is they had a fantastic placement program. I've never okay. had to look for a job. Wow. <laughs> my entire career. Gotcha. You know, I want to, you know, even now, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I mean, I have a job, but I'm not an employee. So it's right. just very, very uh, different perspective that I, I recently realized, but the placement program, was a part of a DNI strategy. Kudos to Motorola back in 1988, 89. Mm -hmm. They were looking to bring on, you know, 
uh, a diverse workforce. Okay. So, you know, that's a part of my story. And I, I, I took, it took a while for me to realize it. At the time, I didn't realize it. But, um, you know, I came out, never had to look. I, was, I had a job locked down, secured, offered, accepted before I even graduated. So wow. it was exciting. And um, I seemed like if I felt like that was the norm. But yeah. now I'm looking, a lot of people didn't go through that. They had to search. So, gotcha. you know, some of these blessings, you know, you have to be grateful for looking back. But yeah, um, that journey, again, there's stories there. I was managing people before I was old enough to drink alcohol. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> you know, and certainly not mature enough to be able to do that in some respects. And I had a couple of incidents where I had a gentleman who was from the South and he was older and um, I was really good at what I was doing and mm-hmm. hence why they moved me into management and um, a little arrogant. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my partner used to, my partner I grew up with used to call me cocky, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think that's it's an interesting term, but um, bottom line, I had this guy who uh, spat at me. Oh, no. Okay. Totally, totally did. He was, uh, you know, just, you know, guy from Kentucky, and he was just not, he wasn't feeling it, you know, young, yeah. powerful, not powerful, but a young, arrogant, and really um, person with too much authority, frankly, at the time. And um, yeah. God was in that. He, uh, thank God he didn't spit on me, but he certainly spit at me. And uh, wow. um, that all, as it, when we were done with that situation, I learned the first person of color. I got, I got reminded. My brother, my dad always told me, just because you know everybody's not your brother, mm-hmm. but uh, I got uh, reminded that um, take a person, right? Accept the person, respect the person on mm-hmm. how they treat you, right? Not necessarily, you know, what they look like. And um, yeah. you know, this gentleman just didn't provide the support for me. Black man didn't provide provide the support that I thought I deserved in that situation, but. That gentleman lost his job. He was an alcoholic. He ultimately, you know, I don't know how his life ended up, but I was saved. I was saved and kept my kept my job and moved on and yeah. learned from that situation. Uh, learned to be a little less arrogant and cocky oh, and keep okay. my mouth shut some more. And yeah, um, that's how it really started. Where I really began to mature. And before I knew it, I was traveling the world and wow. um, with Motorola and doing some really exciting things. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, that the lesson that your dad um, gave you about, the, you know, the content of a person's character, I didn't learn that until I listened to the I Have a Dream speech, <laughs> you know, where, you know, Martin Luther King's, you know, you know, his dream was one day living in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. I remember the first time I heard that and I thought, man, that would be nice, you know, <laughs> you know, especially yeah. as I started to get into the workforce and, you know, I started to experience some of those things too. Um, I remember I was working for, I was doing sales, one of my first real jobs. And uh, this is one of the first times I, I really even had success professionally. And uh, I was always at the top of the board out of, let's say, four or 500 people, number one, two or three in sales. And uh, I decided one day I wanted to try to get into management, you know, but I, at the time, Mr. Bill, I, I didn't have any degree. I didn't have any managerial experience or anything like that, but I had a desire, you know, and I had uh, I had a will right. to win, and I was helping people all the time, you know, like people were coming to me for things, and you know, I had got the keyholder status and things like that. I'm like, let me try to take the next step, and uh, they told me that it wasn't my time, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, I just remember I just remember at that time just thinking to myself like, what does that mean, <laughs> you know, like like I'm making this company all this money, and I was making some good money for myself as well, but you know, I thought that the natural natural progression for someone that's excelling was to take to take that next step into leadership show to help other people do what i'm doing and uh, they didn't want to give me an opportunity so 
in a way, even back then, um, I guess back then, for the first time, I started to, you know, show my limitlessness by, I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to look, look outward, you know, at other companies. And um, I don't know, I didn't know how I was going to get it because I didn't have any of the credentials, but I didn't let it stop me. And um, I remember uh, a credit union gave me a call and they had an assistant branch manager uh, opportunity open and they gave me a shot and I came in and I guess the only thing you could really ask for is an opportunity. And I just made the most of it. And that was my first leadership position. And from that point, moving forward, any opportunity I've had has been, has been in leadership, you know? So I share that leadership because I was super young. I shared that with you as well. All of my staff was older than me. I had a staff of 13 people. <laughs> and when you work for a small, when you work for a financial institution, the, the assistant basically runs the day-to-day. Yep. Branch, branch activities. The branch manager is doing other stuff. You know, I'm in charge of the people and, you know, make sure everything is running smoothly in the branch. And, uh, man, it was a trial by fire, man. You know, so mm-hmm. I, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely shared that with you. And I just kind of wanted to share that story because, you know, I, I, I had that same experience, you know, coming in real cocky, feeling like, yeah, you know, I've arrived and that reality check was like the first month. <laughs> like, yes. you got a lot yeah. to learn, kid. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you said it earlier. I think you said it well. You used a great term when you mentioned that life isn't linear. Um, you know, and I think we learn from those. I think that's a really good takeaway from from this conversation. Mm. You know, you talk about uh, mentorship and people pouring into others. I think as a mentor, um, it doesn't uh, doesn't apply all the time. But I think the mentor learns as much or more, yeah, as the mentee, just by rehashing and thinking through situations. And I think in that situation, where somebody put their finger on you and they limited you, that level of grit. Um, and that, you know, that detour, you know, you learn from that. Right. And I, and I think back now, literally, uh, I think there's something about water. I do most of my best thinking in the pool or in the tub or in the shower. I thought literally, I don't want to, um, give my kids too much right. to keep them, you know, so entitled. Certainly I never want them to, um, be destitute, but there is, there is a blessing in the struggle. Right. There's blessing in the struggle. Uh, you just want to be able to have a, a network of people that you can go to and talk to so that your next move after you reach a roadblock is the best move. But I think the roadblocks are just, they're, they're, they're needed. Yeah, they're needed sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just thanking you. I thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you. Thank your you. Story. Thank you. No, you know, as we talk about roadblocks, that, that kind of makes me think about my next question I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, what was one of the most important things that you learned uh, in that early part of your journey? And uh, what, was, what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Yeah, that's a good question. I love how you worded that. Well, you know, there's pain in it. There's yeah. pain in it. Um, you know, I was, um, I think I had been humbled you know, uh, pretty, pretty well through the divorce. And, and um, I was fairly, uh, you know, astute, traveled the world, I'd been around the world. And, you know, I felt like I was, you know, a pretty even keel person. Yeah. Um, and prepared for whatever I think, you know, whatever guy could bring me. I met another, you know, beautiful woman who's now been married for 19 years. Congratulations. And um, two more kids. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, I would say even then, being blessed with a little boy, literally having open heart surgery at five months, I mean, you know, having an analytical mind on the tail end of his surgery, um, 
you know, being diagnosed with Down syndrome. And we thought Cameron would be born with half a heart. Mm. Hypoplastic left heart syndrome is the, is the technical term. Okay. And um, Children's Hospital, ooh, just an awesome organization. Whatever they do for hiring is just, it's cutting edge because they hire phenomenal people. Wow. Phenomenal people. Yeah. And I believe they coached us throughout this situation really, really well, making sure that we were, um, they were preparing us for the worst. And I think they kind of knew things might turn out okay, but they were preparing us for the worst. But um, hypoplastic left heart syndrome was what we expected. Very, very challenging quality of life that uh, they're preparing us for. And again, I gave you the kind of the, the quick description of who I thought I was at the time and having gone through quite a bit, you know, travel the world and so forth. Now here I am facing something else. Yeah. And so I would say prior to that circumstance, I was fairly even keel, uh, pretty, you know, uh, nice amount of experience, life experience, work experience. I could, I could add value. And yeah. yet God yeah. delivered a, uh, delivered another, wasn't a knockout punch, but it was another significant, you know, right straight jab to the nose, you know, For I was sure. like, okay, yeah. um, here I am now coming off a divorce and now I've met another wonderful person. We've had a child and now we're having our second and that second child and I'm making money through real estate. I'm working. I'm, I bought my first luxury car. I mean, I'm just, you know, money wasn't a thing, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be fantastic. And then boom, we're blessed with our son. And so, mm-hmm. um, going through that we were humbled we realized you know who was really close to us who really cared and uh, uh really got a good uh, lesson through that and came out of it mm-hmm. uh realizing that i had a, a life partner who was in it to win it i mean she was changing oxygen tanks in the middle of the night wow. um so, so she really showed up my wife allison and her her strengths natural strengths yeah and um you know again thank god cameron didn't have that situation but he did have open heart surgery at five months and again that's, oh, that's that can be traumatic yeah. um seeing your family show up and um seeing organizations like ronald mcdonald house i didn't i didn't you know i go to mcdonald's drive through like everybody else right. but i didn't realize i didn't look at that little plastic deal right at the bottom of the thing where you can put your change in sure. you know uh that organization had a very 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 significant impact in our lives you mm. know keeping us fed okay right? Keeping my wife comfortable. So, so she and I could do, you know, trade off doing shifts with Cameron, you know what I mean? When he, yeah. cause he was, his heart was it, his heart was, when he was laboring, he couldn't eat. You know, you realize yeah. as a child, you don't realize, I guess, as a, as a baby, how important it is for blood flow in your heart to, uh, to give you strength. You right. know, he, he was struggling eating because he didn't have the strength. So, wow. so on the back end of that, again, love your question on the back end of that. I think I'm just a lot more, um, uh, my empathy muscle, my empathy mm-hmm. muscle, muscle is just a lot more developed. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot more patience. This boy, I tell you, he's 14 now. He'll be, he'll be 15 in uh, next month. Uh, he has taught us so much patience and so much about forgiveness and, yeah. and um, just being a good person. I mean, he is just in terms of strength. And I mean, the kid is just, you know, so that's that. I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, no, it, it no, I think really, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, beforehand, I think I was okay, but I was missing a lot. And then after yeah. that, you know, um, they've certainly been a, an improvement upon my, my, the person that I am, the person that I am. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And um, that's, I mean, I, I, I don't have kids, but I can't even imagine, you know, just being, you know, seeing someone, something 
or someone that, that comes from you that's kind of suffering and you really can't do much about it, that, that was just kind of, I know it would tear me up. So, you know, just the strength that you and your wife, you know, what you just shared is just amazing. And um, I would imagine that that, 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 that would have had to have been some, some level of a process uh, that you guys had to develop in order to kind of get through that tough time. Um, what, 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 what was that process and um, how much of that process do you still use today to kind of help you get through tough times or, or times where you may have, may run into some limited beliefs or uh, some, some conditions which might not be favorable? Um, what is your process like, you know, as a result of that, or maybe what is just, what is just your process, you know, uh, when you're dealing with, you know, limiting beliefs or, 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 or difficult times? Yeah. Thank you. Again, another awesome question. I don't, mm. I don't know that I've got it down pat, but I know yeah. it works. Okay. And, and, and I don't know, you know, based on who, who's listening to the podcast, man, you don't want to be, you don't want to impress upon people certain, you know, you know, religious beliefs, but mm -hmm. you know, I know there's power in meditation. There's power mm. in prayer. And, um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would limit it to the term process. Although process is key, yeah. because in in the term process, that might mean talking to people that you trust and that you love that have your best interest in mind. Right. Um, you know, in this in this real world, um, uh, I've never had a lot of quote unquote friends. So my yeah. process really is going to my knees, bro. Okay. That's really process. I think that yeah. that just that's what works for me. Yeah. And you might call that meditation. You might call that you know prayer. Whatever you might call that. For me, it really I listen to that still small voice. Yeah. And um, I know that if what I'm called to do is in alignment, right, with with uh, um, with what God wants for His people, then I know that's a that's a that's a that's a proper path. Yeah. If what, I'm, if what I'm thinking about doing or considering doing is not in alignment with that, it's about me or if it's, it's, it's selfish or if it's about money, something like that, then I, I just question it. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, there's, there's probably an earthly process. Although, like I said, I don't have a lot of, um, you know, people that I, I tend to share real intimate challenges with, but just hands down, uh, every single time, and it's not always in my timing, right? It doesn't happen overnight, right? Um, you know, it's not always in my timing, but it's never, God is just, he's just, he's not late, bro. He's not yeah. late he's <laughs> on time. And it's like, and what, what's helped me, what's helped me is to realize, okay, I must not be ready, quite ready yet. Right. I must right. not be ready yet for what it is I'm envisioning. And as long as it's God's vision, you know, then I, then I know it's, I know it's something that I can devote all of my talents and all of my strength yeah. um, toward. And with Cameron, to be honest, I just, I feel like back in the day with children or the community, the disabilities community. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I said this at all in the past, but you know, Cameron has Down syndrome. So in the past, I wasn't so warm toward that community. I wasn't cold. Mm -hmm. I wasn't warm. Now I'm completely open. Now I'm completely warm. I serve on a board uh, for that, you know, for that, for the, for the community, for the disabled, disabled community or the differently abled community. And yeah. um, so that's just improved who I am. So go, going back to your point, the process is really just prayer and meditation and taking my time, not being in a rush. Yeah. And that, that's worked so far. 
it's worked so far. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, because I was going to definitely open up the door for spirituality to um, to ask you, um, you know, how does spirituality come into play, you know, when dealing with limit, limit, limiting beliefs? And I think you, you addressed that perfectly. And uh, that's something that, you know, is, is for, it, it helps me as well. <laughs> you know, just like that, that quiet time, that meditation, that, you know, that, you know, creating visions in your mind and, you know, vision boards, all those things, you know, meditation, those things work for me as well. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy you kind of brought it up because <laughs> I, I definitely was going to open up the door for you uh, to, to speak on that. And uh, I think, I think that's amazing. And I think that, you know, I hope that our listeners who may be struggling with li limit, limiting beliefs, you know, they, that they uh, can take something from that, you know, um, mm. a, as an example, you know, one of the ways that, you know, someone like yourself, someone like myself, and I'm pretty sure a lot of my, uh, guests will probably speak to that as well, that, hey, man, sometimes you just got to get to that quiet place, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes it's out of your control. Just, you know, just control the things that you can control, right? And uh, <laughs> things things will That's work right. out. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. We worry. Yeah. We worry about things that, um, you know, sometimes never come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. The worry, the worry, can, the worry can take away years from your life. Yep. Um you know, and I don't presume, I mean, we, you obviously, you and I talked about ET, we talked about Les Brown, yep. you know, this day and age with um, Instagram and iPods or uh, podcasts and so forth, people can gain access to a lot of, a wealth of information Absolutely. about how to be successful. Uh, but I think success means different, it means different things to different people. 100%. That's right? so true. And I think to the degree, you know, I think it's really important. Prayer is, for me, prayer is, is critical. But I think having that, that select group of people who think like you do and have a similar mindset yeah. is also, it's also helpful. Um, uh, and having your own, some so your goals some things that you've written down, a vision that you've written down that changes that you can update on a regular basis, because as you achieve a certain goal, you want to, you want to create another one. So it should right. be something like a living document. Right. Um, so I don't think there's one thing, right? Yep. I think that's the point. I don't think there's just one thing that is a magic bullet that people can do. Like when you're in a situation, pray. I yep. think that that is, that's helpful, but you need other things. Right. You need other things to help support that prayer. And I think Absolutely. that, um, you know, that's, that's, that's how I, think I, how I think I would put that. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And uh, it's, it's great that we kind of talked about success because as we start to wind down, I, I want to get to the Northwestern Mutual part of your journey. Um, but I did want to ask you before that, um, you know, what your definition of success is. Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the gentlemen that I, that I um, happened to interview, he said his definition of success was heaven on earth. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> and I share, I share with him, you know, my definition was, um, you know, trusting and loving the process more than the end result. You know, I think that sometimes we get caught up in the end result a lot, um, that we, we miss out on a lot of the, the lessons that we learn just along the way you know, trying to get that degree or trying to, you know, get that certification or whatever it may be. Um, and we miss out on the actual lessons, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, and that's something that I had to develop into, you know, if you'd have asked me two years ago, what my definition, definition of success was, it was totally different. Um, but yeah. I, I love the process now because I know that that's where the transformation happens and that essentially the end result was just something that was waiting on me, you know, like it was just a byproduct of me trusting the process anyway. So, you know, if you work, if, if you work hard, man, you're going to be successful, I think, you know, so what's, what's your definition of success? 
Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, you know, you're kind of stealing the thunder, brother. The only thing that I would add to that is, is um, uh, and, and let me just add this quick narrative. I think to the point that people do talk about or look toward an end result. Yeah. You know, I think it can be totally anticlimactic. It's like you get there, then it's like, now what? Right. Assuming you get there, right? right. So I, I like you. I, I like your definition. The only thing that I would um, add to it is not just the journey. Because part of the success is really your recognition of the fact that you are appreciating. Because you can have that journey, but not recognize, not be mature enough to be able to recognize those milestones as you hit them. Right, right. I feel like the success really is uh, two, 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 um, twofold. Okay. Absolutely, no success is what you make it. It definitely varies based on the individual. In my mind, it's the. Um, uh, it is the journey. It is the absolute wins and the and sometimes the um, the difficulties you experience in the journey. Yeah. But that the level of discernment where you can appreciate the fact that it's a journey. Yeah. And because you have built something or because you're working on something, that's why I say it's got to be God's plan. Yeah. I don't believe what you're working on. Uh, and I forget why I read this. This is not mine, but it resonates with me. Okay. Whatever you're working on. Uh, has to be bigger than what you can do on your own. Right, right, right. That will automatically influence your need to work with others. And it also has to be something you cannot finish. Yeah, right. I got you. Yep. Right. Therefore, yep. to your point, you're not, you're not going to get to a point where it's like, okay, um, uh, I've reached this end point. Um, this, and, and, and I think I said it like, and then what? But I think you did say too, people thinking a lot about the... Um, the goal or what you're going to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, if what you're working on is so big that it's not likely that you're going to accomplish it, yep. then, then your, your, your definition of success now has no choice but to be a part of the journey. For sure. You see what I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely. What, that's kind of what I, and then, and you know, again, the level of discernment and acknowledgement is key. Yeah. Along the way, you've got to be able to, uh, you know, enjoy and celebrate those small wins. That's, that's what life's all about. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, something that's so big that it might not be accomplished in your lifetime, but the the train has been pulled out of the lot, right? It's like, it's no stopping it now, right? <laughs> that's know, legacy. Yeah, yeah, that's legacy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, I don't mean to be, this is all in my, in my mind, a culmination of lots of different things that I've heard that make sense for me. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, you know, as long as I'm impacting people and adding value, through their investments or through their, I mean, literally, Freddie, you're going to, you're going to understand this. I, I, I help people with their investments, their insurance, their estate planning, business planning, and so on and so forth. Right. I had a conversation with a, line, a client, a young brother who he called me, we had a great, great dialogue, mm -hmm. just a good, impactful, just a thoughtful conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Some of it was financial planning related. He's changing his job, right? Yeah. He gets back to his state. He's getting ready to move from the state that he's in to another state. He's from Chicago. So he's moving around. Yeah. Morehouse grad, you know, dating somebody from, um, not Clark, but Spellman, right? Okay. You know, so they're, on, they're on their way, right? So yeah. uh, a lady, he calls me when he gets back to his home base, getting ready to move to another state. And he's just, and he's on my calendar. I'm like, why is this cat on my calendar? We just spoke, but I call him, right? Yeah. And, and we chat a little bit and I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? What can I help you with? And he's like, um, you know, I thought he had some questions about something, rollover or whatever. Uh -huh. And he's like, oh, I was just giving you an update. I was just checking in. Okay. And I'm, okay. Right then I figured it out. 
right then I figured I'm like, okay, he just wanted to just wanted to check in, which is cool. And so I decided, okay, let me give him what he needs. Yeah. So I said, when's the last time you bought your girlfriend? I won't call her name. I said, when's the last time you bought so and so something, uh, bought something special for? Her? That wasn't a, it wasn't when it wasn't her birthday. It wasn't something like Valentine's Day. And he yeah. was like, uh, uh, never. I was like, well, that's a problem. I told him, I said, that's a problem. I said, you need to go out and do that. Right. He's like, okay, okay. And then shortly thereafter, we off the phone. But what I, I share that story because you know that young brother just needed me to pour into him a little bit. Absolutely. Yep. You know. And so that's what I, that's what I felt. Um, you know, like telling him. You know, yeah, I yeah. And he was like, I have it. I'm like, okay, you need to go do that just for no reason at all. Go get that woman something. Yeah. Because she's standing by your side right now trying to, you know, you know. So anyway. Yeah, I, no, I, I like I, it. I like it. Yeah. I'm, cause I'm one of those young brothers that sometimes I'm, I'm just calling you. No, I don't really know what to say, you know, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't have to have, we don't have to have an agenda all the time. You know? Right, right. You know, whatever nuggets you drop, I'm picking them up, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you know, it's great that you, you know, you talk, you, you kind of transitioned there because I, I want to get into the Northwestern Mutual part. I think that, you know, what you shared today has shown, you know, that a person can take many different directions and courses and, and have some bumps and bruises and ultimately still land on their feet. Um, and, you know, with you going through, going from Motorola, you know, being a young guy in management, kind of going through what you had to go through, the, the, the growing pains in that to the real estate, to, you know, um, you know, your son, to, to everything that's, that was happening, you know, you still wind up becoming what someone told me, the legend at Northwestern <laughs> Mutual. So I want to, you know, and, and, I, <laughs> and I, I think that it's truly, it's truly limitless because at any, at any point you could have just been like, bump this, I'm out of here. You know, this is, this is too much for me. Somebody just spit at me. Uh, you know, anything, anything, anything at any moment could have just really, you could have thought about it as, as a disqualifier, right? But you, you kept going. And, um, you know, I want to know what, what is it about Alan Bell's mindset that doesn't allow you to, to see, see things in a way where you're like, you see things as a way of getting out, but a way of, to keep going and have you ever even thought about quitting like you know what what does that mindset look like for you and you know how do you overcome some of these obstacles just based off of what just based off of sheer just i guess willpower and mindset um and then i would love to get transitioned into, into northwestern music i know that was kind of a loaded question i'm trying to get no, better at my journalism see i'm glad we ain't doing this video you're gonna have me start crying up here in a minute uh, you cry i'm a cry so you're gonna be like uh you're gonna be like the uh be like oprah you know making people cry and stuff so, uh, you know, for barbara barbara what's barbara's last name but you know um show? oh yeah 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 no I, 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 if you if you cry yeah. i'm crying we gonna so be crying together yeah man that's a really powerful powerful piece yeah. uh, and i come from the northwestern piece but i'll tell you um, I had to tell a brother, man, I had to give a brother some bad news recently. Yeah. A uh, good guy. I had to give him some bad news. And um, as a part of me giving him that bad news, I had to share a little bit about me. Right. And what I, what I, what I shared with him is what I think may be part of what you're looking for. Okay. Um, and I can't tell you where it came from, but yeah. I'm a fighter. I'm an absolute fighter. For sure. Uh, um, and I don't think I've ever quit anything. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting is when um, I got divorced, I thought about quitting school. I was going to get my second degree. And um, 
And in the midst of that, there was a lot of un unrest in the Middle East. And we had an opportunity to go to, um, well, somebody had an opportunity to go to uh, Tel Aviv, Israel to do some tech work, uh, support work. And I was right. like, well, I, I was in this headspace and I was like, well, I got this beautiful little baby here, but somehow my daughter didn't keep me from going. I was like, I'll go, shoot, I, I, you know, I'll go. I was like, <laughs> you know, put me in coach. Right. And so going over, uh, going over to Tel Aviv, man, I tell you, it was one of the, I mean, it was just fantastic. It was just so fantastic. I had an awesome time, came back with a whole new perspective on life and being mm -hmm. a black person in this country um, you know, talking to people over there. Uh, I went to, went, I actually literally, I was actually interested in going to eat with my colleagues over there in their homes, eating the food, you know. So they taught me a lot, just listening to them. And yeah. being in a room when you're the only one that speaks that speaks English and being in a room when you can't understand what other people are saying. I mean, it really was so powerful. So anyway, wow. the point is, is um, I come back and uh, that was a part of not, you know, I finished that second degree. You know, that, that was a part of me um, not quitting. So I don't know where the tenacity comes from. Mm -hmm. um, but I also know that part of that tenacity doesn't mean you win all those fights. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep this clean. I'm not going to use any profanity, but you know, you got to learn how to take a butt whooping, right? Right, right. And I think uh, uh, part of that learning how to take the butt whooping just builds your character, builds your strength. You know, it makes you less of a less of a bully. You gotta get you gotta get your butt whooped sometimes, right? Right. Um, so I don't know exactly where it comes from, but I, I pray to God I never lose it, and yeah. I pray to God that that's something that I can pass on to people. And you just you just you just were a blessing to me. You've been a blessing to me since we met. You're one of the most mature, oh, wow. thank you, thoughtful, thoughtful, well-spoken. Uh, I mean, man, we could have done damage, boy, if I was your age. We <laughs> so, so, so my point is, um, uh, I now, when I am looking for partners to join this, this mission, this work that we're on, yep. that's one of the questions I ask him is what you just helped me realize. Okay. I ask him, when's the last time you quit something? Right, yeah. And some people, when I ask them that, they, they turn purple or whatever, <laughs> and, and they... And they like, 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 what do you mean quit? I never quit. Now, those are the ones I'm looking for. And then other times people are like, well, I had to do this and I quit this and I quit this for this reason and that, that for this reason. And it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's bad. It just tells me more about them. That's all. For sure. It helps for sure. me understand more about them. So for me, I, I don't know. Um, it's a great question. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I don't know that I ever really want to figure it out because I think there's always some growth opportunity there. But mm -hmm. um if there's a fight to go down, Frederick, if there's a fight to go down, if me and you were down and you're in it, I'm the first person, bro. Yeah. I'm the first I, mean, I, I don't say that to be, I don't want to come off wrong, but that's just something that I have learned in my life that before I know it, I'm already in the thick of it with somebody. And I wonder, mm -hmm. I, I ask myself, why do you do that? And it's because, you know, it's just how I feel. Yeah. It's, I want to support you. I want to protect you. I'm a protector. Right. Um, something is a part of who I am. And I, I embrace it. I embrace yeah. it. But it sometimes it shows up in your life not so positively. But um, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the best way that I can answer your question. I am yeah. in the thick of it. If you're yeah. in a fight and you need me, you don't have to call me because I'm already there. You're already there, um, right? Yep. I know what I've, that's what I've been I've, I've, looking back over my life. I've, I've seen so many examples of that. And people have given me that, that feedback. In the Northwestern, just to end on that, I think, um, or yep. to go into that, uh, 
what's so fantastic about the contract with Northwestern is they're not my employer, but they're, they're, I mean, they put away two pensions from me that I don't fund. They yeah. absolutely do a great job with the money that they, what they do as a business. You know, they're buying a hundred million dollars of securities right now, every day. Wow. They do that because they're well positioned. They're financially solid. Um, so they, go, they serve really well as a planning partner. Um, yeah. Oftentimes when I have to go outside Northwestern, um, you know, and that happens a lot, working with people of color, but when we do that, um, I just have yet to find a firm that is as, as well managed and that is as well run um, and running operationally and managed, two different things in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all the employees at Northwestern, well, they're employees. They're going to have employee type stuff. Me as a contractor, I love the relationship with Northwestern because they do such a good job and I don't have to apologize for what I recommend yeah. if it's uh, affiliated with them. So they do, they do a lot of... Um, um, uh, you know, they, they're advocates for the community. They just childhood cancer thing that Northwestern is on right now. Yeah. I just love that. Uh, Alex is mm-hmm. the stand. Um, so mm-hmm. just, I've seen um, two, two presidents in the farm. They just do a good job. They keep their promises. Um, they deliver death claim checks before people prove that they're dead. Right. Nine mm. 11, they're sending out checks before them. You can even give it, don't even ask for death certificates, you know, death certificates. If you can prove that your spouse was in that building, boom, we're sending a check to you. Right. Right. Um, it's on the investment side too. So just very, very solid. Yeah. Solid company. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I love, you know, I love just kind of like seeing you in action. You know, I've, I've, I've been in the room once or twice, you know, while you were, you know, talking with uh, someone and uh, just that level, I think I, I, yeah, the word to use is intensity. Like you, I can tell you're passionate about what you do. Like you really want to, you know, discover um, what a person's goals are and match them with the right opportunities um, or solutions based off of what you, you know, your product knowledge. And I like that because that's, that's the way I, you know, I was when I was in financial services you know, like, let's, let's not try to give people everything. Let's just try to match them with the right thing. And uh, that's, that's going to do a couple things, right? Customer loyalty is going to help, you know, it's going to help your branch. It's going to help your brand. It's going to do a lot of stuff, right? You know, if we're, if we're doing right by people. And that's something that I think was, you know, attracted me to you where I'm like, I got to refer people to this guy. <laughs> you know, like, if I'm not in the game, I got to find somebody that's, that will treat people the way I would. And that's, that's what I found in you. And, um, you know, I, you know, I only have one, two more questions, now, and I, I want to definitely uh, end on those. Um, you know, what, is it, what does it mean for you, um, everything that you've been through, transitioning, reinventing yourself, going into a new career, to now become the first African-American growth and development director at Northwestern Mutual? You know, what does that mean to you, and how have you used that platform to, um, to execute the mission um, that that you have for yourself as far as diversity, inclusion, bringing more, you know, people of color into this wonderful career. Like how, what is, what does that mean to Alan Bell? Yeah, good question. I, I think um, one, uh, I was mature enough, had been around the block enough when the opportunity presented itself, I was, um, you know, alert enough to talk to, you know, the management partner, Corey McQuaid, and just, you know, make sure we were clear, right? Yeah about the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, for whatever reason, okay, you know, say that DNI is important and that they want to, you know, show up in that space, um, sometimes just to check a box and sometimes it's sincere, 
Okay. Right. So the the response that I got from him, and he was stepping us into some really big shoes. The response I got from Corey was um it was sincere. Yeah. Uh, he he was he said, hey, this is something that's important to me. He had a great story, still has a good story. Yeah. You know, his father um his father used to run a soup kitchen out the back out the uh, back um back door of his um he was a, he was an attorney, but out of his office he used to give away you know things. So Corey's heart is in the right place. And so once we got on the same page, you know, he just said, I said to him, if you lay out the path, I'll run down it. So yeah. Um, by that time, I'd been in the business, I don't know, well over 10, well, about nine or 10 years, I guess. Uh, yeah, nine years. And uh, had some, some semblance of success. And um, the time just seemed to be right, right? So, okay. and the other piece is, because I didn't want to go down, because I'd been down it before, right? I'd been down that path with people who thought they wanted to do, thought they wanted to make a difference and make an impact. But when it got hard, you know, the story changed. So I just didn't want to do that anymore. Right. Um, and I respect that. I respect that. Sometimes you can have a, have a goal or have an interest, but not really have it vetted. And then when it gets hard, you just say, okay, it's not worth it. So Absolutely. I understand it. I don't respect it. I understand it. So um, I didn't think that was going to be a risk in this case. So that's what opened up the opportunity. Um, and the fire, you know, since I think 1872, I mean, that's like the Chicago fire. What are we talking about? <laughs> You know, so, uh, but if you do the research, if you do the research, I mean, the Civil War was only, I mean, what, 1850s, 1860s, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then talk about 100 years after the Civil War. Well, what's 100 years in a lifetime? Some people live 100 years old. That's true. That's very true. Right? Yeah. So it really hasn't been that long ago. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of work to be, to be had, a lot of work needed. So um, yeah. the way it shows up is I have, comp I don't have 100% autonomy, but I think I've got 99% autonomy. Uh, the one percent that I don't have, it's the area that I need to be coached on, right? Okay. In terms of identifying the right people to grow. I mean, I've got this. You know, I just send chills down my back when I think about, you know, twenty, thirty, forty sharp, and I don't care that they're all people of color, but they gotta have a heart for D and I. They gotta okay. care. Absolutely. And um, delivering what I believe to be an awesome and appropriate philosophy right? Regardless of what's going on in the market, what's going on in the world. So I get to build, attract, and retain, and uh, that's only external, right? I get to build and identify these people, vet these people, expose these people to what you and I both know really well, that we've never been, the system in this country isn't one that um, promotes for us to go out and be entrepreneurs. We go to yep. college, right? We go get a job, and we try right. to retire through that job or get a good right. job or whatever. And even the college loan debt is, is about to be blown up now, but just looking at how much it costs to go to school Crazy. and so forth, this COVID thing is going to turn that on its head. Yeah, yeah. It's college tuition piece. <laughs> but, um, anyway, the, the point is, is because of that traditional path, I'm able to expose people to a, to a non-traditional path that can give them all the income and the finance and also the impact mm. and the control that they, they really seek. Um, so that's on the external, and that's really exciting for me. On the internal... Now I get to impact a company or a firm that's affiliated with Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Northwestern Mutual Chicago is the firm here in Chicago. It's been there since the Chicago fire. That's where we're, that's the firm that, um, you know, where I'm a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, Northwestern Mutual is a company in Milwaukee. So we are also, we're also very entrepreneurial in that respect. Gotcha. So now on the internal, I get to influence processes. I get to right. influence um, 
you know, people who, you know, um, um, I get to make people comfortable, uh, comfortably uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Challenge the status quo. I get yep. to ask why. And, yep. um, and I've been empowered to the degree where I don't want to make, I don't want to offend anybody, but I've been empowered to the degree where we can, you know, Corey's okay with being uncomfortable. He said it yeah. several times. I think when you find someone, when you're in the right place, it's like magic. Yeah. Right. For when sure. you're in the right place, this is what kind of our, kind of our internal, one of our internal uh, chants. It's like when you're in the right place, doing the right work at the right time, you know, magic happens. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what we're, that's what we're working on. So I can influence that. And, and I don't presume to know it all, but I've been black all my life. So, <laughs> you know, that's saying something. You're an expert in being black. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm not even an expert. Not even an expert. You know, they put me, you, and two other, two other people in the room. And, and if someone assumes that we all think alike, they're making a mistake, right? Yeah, right. That's so, so true. I just have my own perspective. I'm not an expert at it, but I've got my perspective, which I know is unique. And so, Part of that is just finding as many of us as, as I can when the timing yeah. is right and yeah. trying to go out and do this work exponentially. Absolutely. Yeah. So much bigger than what I could do on my own. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And, um, you know, like change happens in turn, you know, affecting change inside out. Um, you know, I think that for individuals who want to become more limitless, you know, I think that that's where it starts for people. Uh, on an individual level, you know, you got to attack those limits that, that you place on yourself, get, you know, totally. get oh, those yeah. things, you know, get those things out of there, right? Replace those habits with better habits. Same thing with the company, which, which is why I love what you're doing. And, you know, when, before we started to record this conversation, you shared with me your method of living life, which is, you know, vision, belief, and leadership. And as, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, like, how awesome is it that, you know, Mr. Bell has an opportunity to test, you know, his, his values, you know, in the marketplace. And the marketplace seems to me that it's responding positively and you're affecting change just simply by how you live your life. And, um, you know, I just really appreciate, you know, what you're doing. And, um, you know, I just, you know, just very, very blessed to, to know you and uh, thankful that you decided to do this, uh, this interview with me so people can hear you know, about your limitlessness and some of the things that you're doing to help other people become limitless. Um, the last question I have for you uh, before I let you go is, you know, tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. <laughs> it's a funny question, but it's a fun question. <laughs> it is a funny question. Well, before I answer that, that, that fair question, I'll tell you that I did, I did not make a decision to do this with you. Okay. It was not a decision. Uh, as soon as you asked, I was in. Thank you. Thank you. There was absolutely no decision. It was just a matter of, you know, when, right? Yeah. Um, I need you to know that. I think the work that you're doing is, is, um, I think, I think doing the work, Frederick, is powerful. Okay. Right. In and of itself. Right. Creating a platform for people who, I mean, naturally, if you do any, I mean, I'm not an expert on it, but human behavior and. The, the, the amount of shame that we have and how we mm. think not how our mind works. I yeah. mean, I think the mind, it limits you. And I think, uh, I forget what part of the brain, but it, it, it limits you from growth because it knows that growth is going to be painful. So the mind is mm. trying to keep you from going into pain and you have to mm -hmm. consciously work against that. So right. I think that exercise and that, that, that habit and those good habits, I mean, it's just not easy 
but it's so worth it's so worth it. And yeah. part of that is being around the right people. And I am not so naive as to think that I cannot learn from you. And you have absolutely taught me so much. Oh, wow. Thank you. I appreciate um I appreciate your friendship and your um companionship and uh, the brotherhood and and the opportunity so it was not a decision to be made i just need to each had to make it happen so i hope that we can continue to do things like this together Absolutely. i'm not done with you at all i'm gonna be putting you to work jack um, so so as it relates to um the question um i think what people don't believe that when i tell them is absolutely true is that I used to ride with uh, I used to ride with a motorcycle crew. No. <laughs> okay, I like it. <laughs> I got you on that one, did you? Did, you, got me, you definitely got me on that one. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. That, was awesome. that was an awesome life. People don't believe it. And I don't I don't go to my photo, I don't go to my photos and prove it unless I really have to. But okay. Uh, okay. You know, from from serving as a, a road captain. Uh, yeah. Let me do, and what that means is I got the fastest bike. Let's just be oh, clear. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and I can not only is the bike the fastest bike, but I can ride it too. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. You got to go the combination of the two. <laughs> um, and uh, all the way to serving as VP. So we, there was, awesome. it was a fantastic, I mean, again, another part of my life where I met some of the nicest, most respectful, fun loving people. Right. Man, let me tell you. So, anyway, yeah, I like what, that. That's that's what I. I'll, that's how I'll answer your odd question with an odd answer. <laughs> no, I like it. I really like it, and uh, it's so much more. I would love to talk to you about. Um, maybe you'll come back uh, one day. We could do. We could do a part two. Uh, you know, there's so much more. You know, so many more questions I had, but you know, um, I definitely wanted to be mindful uh, of your time. But just thank you, Mr. Bell, uh, for for joining us on Limitless Belief. And um, to everybody that's listening, uh, one thing that Mr. Bell said that stuck out to me about success is that you want to pick something that is so big that you're probably not going to be able to finish in, in your lifetime, right? Or something that's so big that you're not going to be able to do it on your own. And uh, because, again, true success lies within the process, not the end result. So until next time, everybody, stay limitless, y'all. Peace. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more episodes just like this one, be sure to subscribe to Limitless Belief wherever you get your podcast. And remember, knowing means nothing until you apply it. So get going, get growing, and I'll see you on the other side of Limitless.